3: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today uh, we actually have quite a bit to get through. Uh, So it's actually Tuesday now. I was going to do this podcast last night, got caught up in a bunch of work. I wound up cutting up all the audio from all the defensive assistant coaches. We heard from all four except for Chris Wilson last night. So Mark Smith, the inside linebackers coach, uh, Gerald Chapman, the defensive line coach, uh brett maxi the safeties coach and then rod chance the cornerbacks coach so i've got all the audio what is this this is probably three six ten like 15 or so clips that uh we're, we're gonna get through um like i said cut all this up last night and then it was one in the morning i was like am i really gonna do this right now figured it'd be smarter to wait till today and not sound like an idiot so um we're gonna get to all of that first though there is some news um We'll start with Maya Hollingshed. You'll remember Maya Hollingshed is one of the greatest basketballs in CU history. Uh, She finished her career sixth in points, sixth in rebounds at CU. She's played more games at CU than any women's basketball player ever. Um, Very talented person, and she was drafted eighth overall in the WNBA last night to the Las Vegas Aces, so she gets to head out to Vegas. Um, Becky Hammond is the coach there now. She got hired a a month or so ago. You've also got, you know, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum. Um, They actually have three returning all-stars from last season. So it's a really talented team. They've they've finished first in the Western Conference each of the last two years, Um, lost in the conference finals once, lost in the actual finals the other time. It's a great situation to be in. And being, obviously, the number eight pick is impressive as well. So shout out to Maya for all that. Uh gonna be fun to watch the Aces all summer. They actually start surprisingly soon. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but I'm gonna pull this up right now. um oh, does it not start till August? That doesn't seem right to me i I don't think that's true. Maybe they haven't released. oh, oh no, May sixth May sixth is the first game. There we go. Um, so, a little less than a month away. I'm not sure why that just jumped straight to August. But, yeah, it's a summer sport because if you want people to watch what you're doing, you compete with baseball. <laughs> you don't compete with football or basketball or hockey or anything like that. Um, okay. So, there's there's the Maya shed update. Also, the Buffs got two commitments yesterday. Um, actually, both from, from Texas... First, uh first they got Adrian Wilson, a safety. There's actually a safety, I think, for the Cardinals, who has the same name, so that's tough to find. Uh but Adrian Wilson coming from Keller Central High School in Keller, Texas, uh doesn't have any ratings from 24-7 sports. I believe he's a three-star on rivals. Um But obviously, like those ratings are still to come. Uh he uh he's a very versatile athlete. Obviously, like probably coming to Colorado to play safety, uh being recruited by by Brett Maxie would kind of give you that idea. But at the same time, he did play wide receiver in high school. He actually played quite a bit at quarterback in high school. And again, yeah, does that mean we're going to see him do those things in college? Probably not, but it does just show you the type of athlete that he is. Um very fast. Very fast. Um, listed six foot one, or one seventy, on twenty four seven sports. Guessing that that'll go up by the time he gets to Boulder in like fifteen months or whatever. He uh, has has the ball skills coming over for playing receiver, but I think what really stands out is that he's a bit of a hitter. And I think this CU secondary, at least for as long as I've been here since the twenty nineteen season, they haven't had a real hitter in the secondary. You know, like, Nate has some pop, but Nate was a linebacker. So, you know, who do you... Like, Mikael Onu wasn't really a hitter. Isaiah Lewis is probably the closest you've had, but he's not really a hitter. Um, so so I do like getting that added to the room. And like I said, I mean, obviously you can play in space through those things as well. Uh, just seems to play the run game very well, and that's kind of what pops out to me. Uh, The the other commitment came from A.J. Newberry, So A.J. Newberry is a running back, listed of 5'11", 180, also does not have a rating yet, but I'm sure that's on the way. He he also gets flexed out to play wide receiver quite a bit. Um, So you see him catching some passes out of the slot, and I think that, you know, that's obviously something that's been missing from Colorado um, for as long as I've been here, and it sounds like before that as well. You haven't had a running back who caught that many balls. And when you have a bunch of guys who come in on the coaching staff from, from the NFL and run some fairly pro-style systems, you would expect them to be passing the ball to the running back quite a bit. Um, and, and I'm not sure that right now there's anybody who can do that on the roster. But I do think that you know when you, when you ask yourself why do the Buffs go after A.J. Newberry, probably because they think that he can catch some passes and probably because they think that's one of the pieces of the offense that's just missing. You know, there's there's so many different things you can do on offense. You know, with the running backs, can, can you run between the tackles? Can you run outside? Can you zone zone runs, do those work? Do the, the gap runs work? You know, can, can you catch balls out of the backfield? Can we even flex you in the slot? Then with the receivers, you know, there's all the questions like, okay, can, can you go deep? Can you run short routes? How much separation can you get on a double move? Should we be running screens for you? What do you do after the catch? Um, can you block? You know, at the tight ends, it's can you run? Can you block? So, so all these different skill positions. There's so many different things that that players can be good at, and when you're when you don't check every one of those boxes, it just leaves you with a couple more options. And I think that this is a Colorado roster that has kind of been built in that spread format. That you know, you your receivers go downfield. You tight ends, you're not really going to be involved whatever but i think that it's with an addition like this it just kind of patches up one of those issues it's one more thing that you can throw at a defense and i i like it i, I like both of these commitments it will be interesting to see where they fit in in the 24 7 ratings to be kind of frank here like you you want low numbers right Like, you want them to come in really, really low because that means that it's probably less likely that the other schools are going to try to poach these guys because nothing's official until signing day. So, as of right now, I think, I mean, they have one combined Power Five offer outside of Colorado, which you can look at two different ways. You know, the first way is, oh, no, are these guys any good? And the other way is, well, Colorado's in on them first. And if Colorado is going to be going toe to toe, with with power 5 teams, they better be the first ones in. So, we'll see what happens over the course of the next whatever, 8 months or so before the first signing day, um because, you know, holding on to these early commitments can be tough to do. We'll see. But but I really do hope that both these guys wind up in Boulder. Um Yeah, I think that that kind of wraps up that side of things. Like I said, we've got a lot of this audio to get to, and we'll just go in order. We'll just go in order. So like I said yesterday, we had a chance to talk to four assistant coaches all on the defensive side of the ball, everybody except for Chris Wilson. We'll hear from Chris Wilson and Mike Sanford, the coordinators, next week, Monday night, um, and and then we'll we'll do the same thing again then. Um, As of now, though, we have these four, and let's just get going. Uh, So Mark Smith inside linebackers coach been here for a couple years and he said that one of the things that he did this offseason was he he basically went to every one of his inside linebackers and came up with three things that they need to work on and the idea was that you know you don't you don't want to get caught listening to a bunch of things you just have these three so here's here's what he had to say about that. You know, I'm proud of them. You know,
2: we, we put together an ABCs of what we wanted to accomplish in the spring. Everybody has three things. We, I challenged them with find three things that you want to improve on. And over the course of 15 practices, you know, did you improve on those things? So we reviewed that today kind of at the halfway point, And we have. We've progressed in each area that each of the guys have brought up. We didn't want to overwhelm them with 15 things they needed to get better at, but just three things that you can improve upon. So it has. We're making progress in that direction. Still got half a spring to go, but we have made a step in the right direction.
3: Were there any trends across all of your players in terms of what those three things were?
2: You know, a lot of them that was a common thing was communication. And that's one thing. They probably just listened to me, which is a good thing. I've, I've challenged them with that. that we got to be better communicators. And uh, I want to hear a bunch of chatter out on the field. So as you guys are at practice and seeing things like that, if they're talking a lot, then we're getting everyone on the same page. Uh, you know, a lot of our mental errors that we had back during the season stem from alignment issues, you know. So the more that we communicate, the more we can all be on the same page, the better we are. So that's, that, that has been a common theme.
3: It's always fun when they throw in something like, "Yeah, you guys see it out of practice," and it's like, "Oh, actually, actually, we don't, we don't get to go into practice." Um, you know, you talked to all the assistant coaches, and like almost all of them at some point drop that, like, "Oh, you probably saw," like, "Well, you'll hear some more later." Um, but yeah, I mean, good stuff. Obviously, you just like to have some sort of structured approach, and uh, it sounds like they have that. With with Nate leaving, communication becomes even more important. I will say that. It did seem like there were a couple times in the scrimmage where um, you have you have your like three linebackers sitting back there, and they all move to the left, and they all move to the right, and it's right before the snap, and you're like, okay, the offense didn't do anything, somebody made a little mistake, and then hopefully they figured it out. It seems like the play went all right, um, but yeah, I mean, when you don't have just kind of that clear, clear voice at the top saying. Here's where we're going. You go here. You go there. I mean, this, like you said, communication, very important. Um, we can keep going, though. Uh, continuing with Nate, you know, he missed the end of the season. Mark Smith said that that was, that was valuable for some of these guys.
2: Robert Barnes, I thought, played his best five games of the year kind of towards the end of the season. Uh, Quinn Perry elevated his game. Everyone kind of had to. You know, you've got that backstop of Nate always there that is kind of the magic eraser that can clean everything up when it's not exactly right. And then when he was removed from the equation, it forced guys to step up into that role. So there was. There was a great progression in those five games, and we've continued on that during spring.
3: Here's a little bit more on Robert Barnes, and then we'll talk about that.
2: You know, what I'm really proud of Robert is just the, the physical part of his game has just uh, – come free so far th- throughout spring and that's one of the things I challenged him with as the season went on. Robert was really good in coverage and doing things there and, and he fit the runs well but I challenged him. He's a big strong man to be more physical in the run game and he accepted that challenge. Uh, he he's, he's a very coachable player so when you challenge Robert with something he's going to absolutely go out and try to get that done and so he has. I mean he had the most physical scrimmage I've seen him play when we were in here on Saturday and then he's continued to do that and that's what I'm really proud of him about.
3: This is where I wish that I had a chance to watch that scrimmage again. Like, if there was just, like, a video somewhere that I could get my hands on. Because I'd love to go back through and just be like, oh, yeah, look, there is Robert. Oh, look, there he is again. He really is, like, he's he's taking the hit to the lineman instead of waiting back and kind of getting pushed around. Um, So I didn't really key in on that in the scrimmage. But, you know, this all does kind of line up with what we've been talking about, right? You know, Robert Barnes, very good in man coverage, solid in zone coverage as well. Um, but wasn't much of a run stopper. This year, he probably has to step up and, and be a starter for this defense. And, you know, from, from the outside, it's all like evaluations, right? Like, what is he good at? What is he bad at? How do you use him because of that? On the inside, it's, it's figuring out what you can do. And so it doesn't come as a surprise that based on the conversations we've had on this podcast, Mark Smith goes to Robert Barnes and says, we need you to be more physical. We need you to be hitting guys. We need you to have more of a physical presence because that is what's missing from his game. Um, you know, I I liked that he thinks these he's, he's playing his responsibilities, right? Like he's filling the right gaps. He's, he's where he needs to be. He's just not physical enough. That's not something I've really keyed in on mostly because he didn't spend all that much time defending the run last season. Um, but I like hearing that perspective, and, and it does sound like, you know, if, if he can just be a little bit more physical, and you know, he's a converted safety. So what what kind of linebacker did you expect? And, and he's probably provided everything that you could have expected from him, right? You know, the coverability from that spot. Now if he can just kick up one more notch, put on another 10 pounds or whatever, then that could kind of be the game changer here. Um, exciting stuff to hear, though, and... Um, it, it the we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys. You know, it sounds like there's going to be more uh, more four three looks this season. Um, we'll we'll let Mark Smith talk about that in just a second, but you you know what? Let's just hit that right now.
2: Our our personnel lends itself to that. It's it's a natural fit for the guys that we have. Uh, on our team, you know, it, it fits our strengths of what we do. And that's one thing that coach Wilson has always kind of said to our defense is that we want to be custom tailors and not say here's our system and then try to just fit you to our system. We want to find out what are the guys we have and what do they do the best and then go and put them in that position to do that. So we want to take their talents and the things that they do and let's get them all in the right position to do that. So 4-3 really has lended itself to that. Not that we won't do anything. We still have our odd package and things that we'll get into with that, but uh, it's been a good transition so far.
3: So there you go. Um, but but as I was kind of saying, you know, you, you will be seeing a lot of Robert Barnes. If, if we weren't sure before when you run that 3-4 with the two inside linebackers, the idea that Robert Barnes would not be a part of your top three inside linebackers, like that's just kind of wild. And I do agree that it kind of it fits their personnel better. Um, it'll be interesting to see who lines up where. You know, you look at, um, you know, probably like uh, a Jamar Montgomery, somebody who's, who's more of that pass rushing type. You know, Josh Gugustov fits this same mold. You know, outside linebacker, but 3-4 outside linebackers, So they're lining up on the line of scrimmage, uh, two-point stance, and a lot of the time getting chance to set the edge, go after the quarterback, whatever. How do those guys fit in? How are they used? Do you wind up using them as defensive ends? right so so in a four down front those, those guys wind up just being a defensive end for you but potentially um do they wind up playing linebacker who knows um somebody like a Devin Grant though I think Devin Grant stands to gain quite a bit I think that he would fit much better in this four three you know not being up on the line of scrimmage not that he can't do that but I, I think that just his run stopping ability you know maybe creeps up a little bit but I think that, that it's easy to look through this roster and see a bunch of guys who fit better. You know, Guy Thomas starting off the ball? I'm curious about that one. I think that it could go really well. Like, you love the idea of Guy Thomas as a blitzer, right? Like, if he's at the second level and he's behind Jalen Sami and Terrence Lang, and you say, okay, is he is he blitzing around the edge? Is he blitzing up the middle? Is he dropping back in coverage and actually there's pressure coming from the other side? You know, I do, I'm curious what this is going to look like, but I could see how you would think that it would play to these guys' strengths. Um, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll see about all of this. Um, with that 4-3, though, it does leave them needing more depth, obviously, because you got one more linebacker on the field. We're a little thinner than,
2: than I want us to be right now. And, you know, a, a lot of that we played more four down. There's been a lot of three linebacker looks on the field. And so we we, we need more depth in that area. But I'm really proud of the guys like Mr. and those guys that have come on and Marvin uh, that are really developing well, you know, from, from the roles that they had a year ago to now getting on the field and playing. Uh, more often and Owen Carey as well he's done a great job The guy's very smart he's got a very very high football IQ and he's able to play in and out of different positions which is very difficult for a a freshman especially an early enrollee freshman he should be going to the prom uh, this coming weekend Uh, but he's out here so he's really impressed me with, with what he's he's bringing to the group
3: it will be fun to see these guys on the field you know, if if Owen Carey gets out there, you know, you look at the secondary could say, okay, they've, they've, they've played a lot of freshmen in the secondary recently. You could see more freshmen playing in the secondary. When you look in the trenches, you say, like, okay, probably – probably need a year in the weight room before you're, you're ready to play at this level. Um, but you could totally see somebody like Owen Carey kind of breaking through and getting some reps, especially with the system change. Uh, another one of those guys that you could definitely see that happening with is Mr. Williams. Uh, and and we, we heard a little bit about him as well.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just been a health issue with him and just staying healthy. So he was and just getting him in a a mode where he can participate full time, uh, which he has been for the most part this spring uh, and getting him to that point. He's very instinctive. One thing I love, he is instinctive and, you know, he can just turn, uh, uh, you know, something that looks bad into a great play. And few players have that ability to do that. So his instincts are are what uh, separates him from some of the other guys in terms of making plays.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who's out there, and there, there's a real chance it kind of makes or breaks the defense, right? You know, if you if you wind up seeing Owen Carey break out, you see Mr. Williams break out, you see Robert Barnes break out, well then all of a sudden we're talking about this being potentially a really good defense that could kind of start in the middle. I guess you really have that defensive line solidified. That's, that's going to be the strength of this defense regardless, um, but... You know where I'm going. Um, exciting to hear all that stuff, but let's uh let's move along now. And real quick, Breckenridge Brewery is awesome. Everything they make is awesome. Make sure you're drinking it. Um, I still need to get out to Coors for one of these baseball games. I still do because then I'll have stories about drinking Breckenridge beers out there. But for now, I guess I can just tell you about uh, the ones that you you should drink. Um. I'm a big fan of the Seltzers, the Good Company Hard Seltzers, the Strawberry Sky is incredible, Avalanche, American, Amber Ale. Wow, I haven't said that one in a while. But uh, so many good options. You seriously can't go wrong with Breckenridge Brewery, so make sure you're checking out their stuff. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, there is an awesome promotion going on, something that you absolutely have to get in on. Uh, The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball, and you can get ready for all the action by betting – the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet five dollars on any team to win. They'll get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. You you clinch no matter what. You don't have to you don't have to like win your bet. Uh, also, if you're not a new user, you can always get in on the action with same game parlays. Um, so much fun. You know, there's different ways to do it. You bet on a big night from Jokic. Bet on a bunch of little things happening. So many different options. Make sure you get in, though. And for each day of the play-in, you get a a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. So awesome special going on there. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DMVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, Rod Chance was up next. He was, he was the second guy through, so, so we'll jump in with him. Um remember he comes over from Oregon where he was coaching the cornerbacks over there last season and um it's kind of like wild right that that he they wind up the new coach goes up there doesn't retain him poaches uh CU's coach winds up getting Christian Gonzalez because of it you wonder you wonder about things there and then uh, Rod Chance uh is free so the Buffs pick him up and it's basically just a swap um he says the transition's been good And uh, we'll we'll jump in here. You know, I asked uh, what what it's like just kind of coaching the younger cornerbacks. And uh, he basically said that they're all young.
4: Well, I feel like they're all young. You know, when you think about everybody in the room, no one has over 200 snaps of football. And, you know, to me, you kind of mature once you get over 250, 300 snaps, you know, under your belt when you start to recognize certain situations. So I kind of see them all as being young guys right now. Uh, But it's good to see those guys. And the best thing about them, they show up with a growth mindset each day. I'm hungry for coaching, uh, never turning away, and it really just forcing me to, to really give them more and more each day by coming up for extra time, extra meeting, extra film. So establishing the culture in that room of of, of setting the standards of really doing more, you know, as our standard in the room is starting to really materialize itself as we go forward.
3: He's a he's a very energetic guy. I'm not sure if it comes across here, but maybe the highest energy coach of all of them. And there's, I mean, again, these this group is a lot of fun. We'll see if they're actually good. They they seem like they're good. They seem like they're smart, but we'll we'll see on game day. They do just have like a better energy about them. Um let's uh let's let's touch on this. Um just basically is there a chip on your guys' shoulders considering that they, they lost so much from last year? To be honest, you know, we don't talk about the people that's not here. You know, uh wise man's once told me
4: you don't speak on things that don't come to your front table that don't affect how you eat. But I think for them, they have a huge crack on their shoulder to prove themselves. Not to me, not to fans, not to the program, but to themselves. That they're everything that they said they are, right? So they're in that process of really putting in the work, you know, tightening up the details and where they need to go. And I don't think it's necessarily about what's happening with anyone else not not being here. I think it's more so them trying to establish themselves, seeing it as equal opportunity for everybody around. So I think they take it as a challenge. They see there's not many older guys around. Hey, why not me? Right now, it's time to step up and be able to contribute. You know, for winning plays.
3: The Buffs do have a couple of older guys. Uh, Nigel Bethel figures to be one of the the big factors. One of the big factors this season at cornerback. Uh, he played really well. He was kind of the third piece of of that trio last year that was dominant early in the season. Then he went down. Then Mackay went down for a stretch. Nate's down. You wind up battling all these injuries. And that's just football. That's going to happen every year. But I think it's probably pretty safe to say Nigel's going to play a big piece. And also Jalen Stryker, who's been here for a couple years now, but still hasn't taken a defensive snap. Both those two guys are juniors. Both figure to be heavy factors. Um, Both are not practicing, though.
4: Well, obviously, you know, when you got guys that have been around the program for a long time, they know the ins and outs. You know, they've been around football games. They've been, been around the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. So I think for them, some of those guys are actually nursing back. The injury still not necessarily back full strength. Some of those guys are actually still moving around a little bit in a limited capacity. But I think the one thing you see is you see their maturity. Right. Being able to adjust and really learn some of the new nuances that we're doing in terms of our defense that we're bringing in, being able to help some of those younger guys. So I'm eager to get Nigel back and get him back moving around. Um, He's not there just yet. He's still working and work in progress. And then, you know, Jalen's actually moving around. You know, he's doing some things here, communicating, starting to get back in the flow of things.
3: I, uh, I guess we did know we did know that those guys weren't out there. It was obvious during the scrimmage, of course. Um, but they were among that group of guys who missed significant time last year. Obviously, Jalen Stryker out for basically the whole year. Um, Nigel Bethel for the second half of the season. And we knew that there was a, a, a solid group who missed time last year who were still recovering. Um, I guess we learned Saturday, but that uh, that certainly confirms it. A little bit of an update there, though. Um, let's, let's hit one more here. One more from Rod Chance. Uh, this is just... Uh, He was basically just asked like what what he sees from Josh Wiggins and in particular his confidence. I
4: think it's huge. You know, for us, we never really want to focus on the results of the play, the results of the game. You know, in our room, our room's culture is that we're going to have a response-driven you know room. That's our culture. That we're going to respond to everything, good, bad, indifferent. You know, we make a play, respond. It never happened. You know, you miss a play, respond. It never happened. So I think for us, it starts there. But some of that confidence is innate, right? Some of that you just can't. You know, you can't coach that some of those guys have those abilities. But Josh is a person that he has an infectious personality. Um, he's still learning and growing each day. Um, but he does have that confidence that he carries along with him. Very excited about where he is, equally excited about Jason Oliver as well and where he is and his development and late get. I think that kid's going to be a really good player. And it was a really good late sign for us. So I'm very excited about those young guys. You know, it could be a headache sometimes, but it's also very challenging and very, very fun. You know, to coach a young room, they don't have many bad habits. So it's like unmolded clay that you can kind of really mold a player into the culture
3: that we want to be for our program. There you go. Uh, He... uh he has an interesting job. I mean, there's there's a lot of young guys in that room. There's a lot of talent in that room too, though. I mean, Nigel Bethel has is kind of solidified himself. He's close. He's close to having solidified himself. If he would have just played like two more games and been as good as he was in the beginning, be a lot easier to be confident in him right now. Um, beyond that, though, you know, Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, Tyron Taylor probably playing a little bit in the slot, but they they he's working with the safeties mostly. Um, uh it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting season out there. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, we'll keep moving along here, though. Gerald Chapman, uh, this is the first time I'd talked to him. Um, he uh he was at the Blake Street Tavern, um, whatever you call it, like the introduction, like the meet the coaches, what, whatever it was. Um, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him there. So this is actually the first time I've seen him um, talk to him in person and uh here's here's what he had to say and we'll start with you know obviously chris wilson was the defensive line coach the last couple of years he's been a defensive line coach for most of of his career there's only been a couple other seasons where he was the outside linebackers coach so knowing that that's a situation is he kind of like peeking in over the shoulder helping out a little bit
0: no nah, he uh actually is he lets me work you know uh so he, he has his guys i have my guys and uh you know, he, he, I, I appreciate that because uh, that shows that he trusts, you know, that um, I can get the job done. And, uh, you know, especially with him being a uh, D-line coach by trade, um, you know, so that says a lot about, I think, where we are um, as a staff. And and, uh, and we communicate, you know, we communicate about things, obviously, uh, with, with him, you know, working with the front and being the defensive coordinator. Um, but he, he's been letting me turn it loose and, uh, and, and do what I do. <laughs>
3: Uh, I think I asked him. I yeah, it was definitely me. I asked him. Uh, what's it like having so many older guys in the group? Like, how does that how does that kind of change things for you?
0: I coach to maximize their potential. That's the first thing I tell them. It doesn't matter if it's a younger guy, older guy. Uh, I want to maximize their potential, and I, I think um all the guys get recruited because they have a ceiling, and and I think, you know, it's it's the coach's job to get them to reach that ceiling and be there. And play at that play at a high level and work at a high level and and even off the field you know work at a high level um and do that all the time so i think it's a coach's job to do that regardless if it's an older guy or a fifth year guy um so i think with those older guys it's just about you know taking what they do well and trying to get those guys to be consistent at doing that and then giving them new tools to work on and, and that type of thing
3: i like that you know i mean Making them better, making them consistent at what they do well. You know that's a it's an approach I really like. I mean, we'll we'll see what that actually looks like on the football field. But you know, there's especially with Terrence. You know, he's he's had some really really big plays. He uh can feel like he should be wrecking games. Now it's just about going out there and doing it every play. You know, he's one of those guys who. He I don't know. We don't need to dig too deep here, I guess, but his his path through college is an interesting one. Um, in part because, you know, at six foot seven and with his size, all those sorts of things, he should be somebody who gets a chance at the next level regardless. At the same time, you know, he's probably gonna be twenty four on draft day. And that changes some things too. You know, at that point, and when you're looking at 24-year-olds, you typically aren't trying to find guys who are super raw that you can mold into whatever. And so he, he kind of does need to to show some things, show some production this season. You know, go get yourself five, six, seven sacks. And I think he can do it. I think he can do it. And I think it was Brian who said he talked to Terrence last week, and Terrence said that he was excited about more four-man fronts here. And, uh, you know, here's, here's kind of Gerald's thoughts on that topic.
0: I always try to coach them to be flexible, have some position flex, um, you know. Especially if it's a guy like Terrence who has aspirations to go play at the next level, I try to coach them to be versatile. You know, you you know, a team may want you to play in a three-four or uh, four-three, and, and so I want you to be able to have the skill set to be versatile and play in in any scheme. Um, and, and so, you know, I think. I, I think I try to teach the guys basic fundamentals, hands, hips, you know, footwork, you know, playing with their eyes and that type of thing, so that they'll have the ability to be able to play an in any scheme.
3: All right, um, one more. We're moving through these pretty well. I, I really wanted to get through this kind of not not quickly, not rush it, but you know, at a brisk pace. Make sure that we're we're not wasting time here. Uh, we still have three more clips to hit, though. and Those come from Brett Maxey. He's been the safeties coach for a few seasons. And, uh, he, uh, he's always fun to talk to. He always has some good thoughts on things. Um, but here, here's kind of like an overview of, of what's going on with his group right now, because, you know, you lose Mark Perry, all of a sudden it's, uh, he's got a challenge on his hands.
1: I'm not going to say it's been challenging, but it's been, it's been interesting. Um, because most of the guys in that room have very little playing experience, so when you look at the room, you know Trevor is probably Trevor and, and Tyron, are really the only two in that room that has played some significant football for us, um, and those other guys, you know, either contributed like Anthony Lyle on on special teams, um, uh, Ben Finnesat was a receiver last year, and then he ended up being a uh, you know becoming a defensive back. He played corner for us a little bit last year. Um, uh, Jordan uh, Wolverton was a was a scout team quarterback, so he had no no experience playing playing, playing safety. But he has been probably you know one of the bright spots uh, in terms of making the transition to safety. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it you know stems from him being a quarterback, just having some natural uh, feel for it and instincts. Uh, so. It's It's been interesting.
3: Interesting to hear what he thinks is kind of going on there, right? You know, Trevor Woods being the more experienced guy. Um, he he didn't bring up Isaiah Lewis. That's because Isaiah's hurt right now. Um, he is still a factor in case you were thinking that. But, you know, Anthony Lyle, could we be seeing the walk-on get some, some reps this year? It wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. Uh, Jordan Wolverton, we've talked about him in that spring scrimmage. If that wasn't if that wasn't just a fluke, like and not even fluke, that's not fair, but one really good day. Well, maybe there's something there as well. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this all shakes out, but I mean, Jordan Wolverton looked really good in that scrimmage. It sounds like he looked really good the rest of the time. Still though, you look at this group and say, I, you've got Isaiah Lewis who should be your strong safety. You've got, uh, Tyron Taylor who should be your star, that slot player. Um, that, that free safety spot is open and, I'd say that Trevor Woods is probably the favorite to land it. Here's what here's what Trevor had to say, or what what, what Brett had to say about Trevor.
1: The biggest uh, jump that he's made is his eye discipline and his man-to-man cover skills, and he spent a lot of time this offseason, you know, working on that. Those were the two things that he needed to work on, you know, during our exit meetings right after the season. Uh, because he has a natural feel for the game, he has probably the best hands uh, that I've ever seen for, you know, for safety. Um, if you guys recall, the first time we came out here in our seven-on-seven, seven, the very first play, I mean, he was sandwiched in between, you know, uh, two guys, and he went right in between and and, and, and got the ball. That's how good his uh, his ball skills are. Um, the communication uh, piece of it has really been good for him. Um, and with him having some playing experience, he feels a little bit more comfortable than most of them. So, um, so he's going to look a little bit different in terms of movement and communication, uh, getting guys lined up, uh, uh, making sure guys are on the same page, because it all you know, starts with us. The communication starts with us. And, uh, and they have done a really good job at
3: that. And I'm pretty sure we played the audio of Trevor last week. I'm, I'm, I might not have included it, but I'm pretty sure I did. Um, and, it, and he said, you know, he's been spending a lot of time working on man coverage. You know, we, we hear that again here. It's nice when those things line up, right? When when Trevor says, yeah, I really want to get better at, at knocking the ball out or playing the deep zone. And then you hear the coach say, yeah, you know, he's getting better at these other things. It's like, ooh, that's not... So it is good to hear that those things line up, and uh, again, th- I think he's got to be the favorite to land that job. Um, there's there's more guys coming in over the summer though that could shake things up, and and Brett talked about those guys a little bit, um, but but he actually talked about them when he was asked, you know, are you do you do do you Washy's practices with an idea of like, okay, this guy needs to be on the field. Oh, maybe this guy needs to be on the field, or. or is that more of a a a thought process that comes around in the fall?
1: Uh pretty much more in the fall. I just want to see, you know, guys that that have some ability to, you know, contribute. Um, because we have three signees coming in. Uh Dylan Dixon is coming in from Paraland, from Pearland, Texas. Um, we got um Jeremy who's coming in from he's a he's a transfer from East Mississippi. And then um and then we got, um, God, what's Smith's? Xavier. Xavier Smith, I'm having a brain lock. Xavier, but he's gonna be, he's gonna be down. He, you know, he had, he had surgery just a couple of weeks ago. And so he's gonna miss the first part of the season. Uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to, you know, to get him, you know, maybe towards the, you know, middle part of the season. If he gets a little bit later than that, then we have to make a decision.
3: Well, there you go. Uh, that's all I got for you guys today. I will be back uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be back up in Boulder. I still need to send in some interview requests. We'll hear from Carl tomorrow. And I got to go look at my list. There were a couple guys I really wanted to hear from. Oh, Torrin Pittman was on there. Uh, Torrin Pittman playing more cornerback now. And I didn't get a chance to ask uh, Rod Chance about him. Um, but I uh, I will be I will be asking Torn about that whole situation. Hopefully tomorrow if I can get him Uh So there we go. Um, That's going to do it for today. I will be back tomorrow with more.